Welcome everyone. This is Glenda Dawson. I have Moon Girl Sarah Garcia here with us and you are watching The Paranormal Dolls. We are live to you. We bring this show to you through the Glenda's Magical Creations channel on the Conscious Awakening Network on Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and so many other streaming platforms. Today we have one of the best that I consider a close friend, a uh, wonderful medium, um, spiritual person, way beyond Sheena, Sheena Metal. How are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here with you both. Oh, thank you for being here. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you'll have to pay it back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Sheena, how? Um, tell us about yourself. So we uh, have the audience here. I'm a psychic medium. I'm a, an energetic healer. I'm an interfaith minister. Um, I've been a talk radio host out of Los Angeles for be 29 years in August. Um, I'm an, a performing and creative artist and. Uh, I'm just kind of feel like this is my service and I'm here to help and heal as many people as I can. So I do that as much as I can, as often as I can. And um, that's it. I just kind of stay in service and I wait for the next thing to come. And I say yes to a lot of stuff. I'm also a paranormal survivor. I grew up in a very active haunted house as a kid, very negative house. And uh, that kind of formed a lot of who I am. And I'm a second generation uh, psychic medium. My mother was also a psychic medium. Um, we are of Irish descent. So I think that's being a psychic medium, sort of part of my, my uh, ethnic lineage. And um, I don't know, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm from New England originally. Uh, my mother was from Kentucky. So I consider myself to be sort of a, a daughter of the North and a granddaughter of the South. And I think there's mysticism, both of those places. And I live um, between Los Angeles and the town I grew up in, about an hour south of Los Angeles. I live on an Indian burial ground. So I um, basically douche with a selenite wand every day. That's it. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's why. Yeah. Keeps the natives away. We need a bigger one. Oh, God, that house was just awful. It's funny because my mom later told me when she started talking about being a psychic, which she didn't until I was in college, so we were already in California by then, that, you know, my dad got transferred there and we had done that before. I was born in Connecticut. We got transferred to Chicago. Then we got transferred to Baltimore and then we got transferred to Los Angeles. So can you kind of put a pin in everywhere I live? So she said, you know, they would take us to like 20 houses a day because you had like two weeks to find a house before we got transferred. She said, we walked into that house. She felt like hundreds of arms, like doing this, like not this one, not this one. But my father. So of course we went to that one. No, well, my father who carried a lot of negativity within himself, of course, fell in love with that house. And that's very common, right? That a person who is either weak or negative or both as he was both 
will fall in love with a house like that. It will almost seduce them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it was. It sort of seduced my father and attacked my mother at the same mm -hmm. time. And I sort of just got attacked kind of by proxy because I was there. Um, but yeah, it was a super negative house and anything you can imagine, right? Uh, uh, footsteps walking upstairs when no one was there, scratching behind the walls, cabinets opening and cans of things flying out. Um, the uh, dishwasher flew up from the down position hard enough to knock my mom's kneecap off. And she had to have surgery. And the day she got home from surgery, her crutch flew across the room, landed right on her incision, reopened it. She had to go back and have it redone. Um, lots of you know sleep paralysis mm -hmm. with uh, lots of entities coming at you in the night. For my mom, it was kind of a, a rapey thing, like the entity case out here in, in uh, Culver City. For me, it was more just of like being pinned down and suffocated. Um, all the while my dad, like, oh, you girls are crazy. There's nothing going on in this house. Years later, after I had made a paranormal documentary, um, I brought it to my parents to watch at Christmas. My dad was in his eighties by then. And he watched it and because my dad was an engineer, like, and he liked robots more than people when he saw like machines capture the paranormal, then suddenly the paranormal was real. And he's like, oh, you know, when we lived in that house, Every night at three o'clock in the morning, a Franciscan monk would come and sit on the end of the bed and look at me. And then he would stand up and walk through the wall. But I didn't think it was paranormal. So <laughs> I think when you don't have paranormal on your radar, right. it doesn't occur to you something's paranormal. The truth was, even he, as blocked off as he was from all things spiritual and from all things emotional, even he was having this nightly experience there. Mm. And um, then we left, we got transferred here. Every house we ever lived in till we got here, my parents would tear it apart and make it just what they wanted because somehow they always thought they were going to stay and then he'd get transferred again. Every time they would sell it for so much more because they put so much into it, we moved here. We couldn't sell that house. Like it just wouldn't sell. And finally, my parents had to take a huge hit on it just to get rid of it. And um, last summer, I was doing a guest spot on my friend Andrea Perrin, who grew up in the Conjuring mm -hmm. house has a new show coming out. And I was one of her first guests and we were talking about growing up in haunted houses. And she asked me to go look up that house. And I looked it up on Zillow and it was completely overrun with Ivy. The backyard was so overrun that the shot they do from the satellite, you couldn't see anything but treetops. And it was literally listed for the same price. My parents listed it for in 1980. So obviously it's just been a house that never could sell never appreciated and finally now looks as ugly on the outside as it is on the inside. And I think that's really interesting because um, it's rare, I think, because it was beautiful inside when we left. My parents redid everything, right. but nobody wanted it. And I think maybe that was almost like, um, you know, a spirit's way of protecting people from moving in there. But even mm -hmm. now today, and it's on a very nice circle in a very nice neighborhood and all the houses are very nice. And this one, um, it looks like gray gardens. I mean, it looks like nobody's lived there in 150 years. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think that's very interesting how a place sometimes can just be wrong. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know what can be done for a place that's like that, but it changed me forever. I mean, I sleep with the Food Network on and about 
um, you know, 75 salt lamps as nightlights. <laughs> so I, I don't think I would ever spend the night in the dark again, certainly not alone. Oh, I hear dinging. It's my, my child has come to visit. I hear the, <laughs> here's my little baby. Here he is. Oh, so Hi, Colin. He, he likes to hug his mama. He doesn't like to be without me. Aww. Such a good boy. Mm, I'm so glad he's there. Good. Yeah, he's. So, um, like you said, now what did your father say once he admitted that that monk was there? Did you say why didn't you tell us, or was there? Any well, my mom. I think my mom yelled at him for about five, as a matter of, for about five minutes when he started with the. You know, when we lived in the house, my mom was like, "Oh." Don't you even start because, you know, it was, you know, years and years of you girls are crazy and you right. girls made this up. No, I don't think he ever acknowledged the paranormal was real. But the interesting thing was he had some of the freakiest paranormal experiences um, when he had his when I was in my early 20s. I had just moved out um, about my house. He had um, a sextuple bypass surgery, a cardiac bypass surgery. And he, when he was in the hospital, they couldn't get him to wake up after the surgery. Like he wasn't, his vitals weren't bad. Nothing was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't waking up. And they told my mom, look, you have to go down there and ask him to wake up because he's not waking up on his own. So she did. She went and she asked him to wake up. And he told her that there was a, a black, a big black bird with a briefcase in its claws and he was flying along next to it and it was telling him they were going where he had to go. And then she woke him up from that. But apparently that was going on for, you know, weeks. He wasn't coming out of the surgery. Mm. Then, wow. the, then they discovered he had a brain tumor. This was years later. He was 87 when he died. And the night before he had the surgery, he told my mom, do you see the birds? And she said, what birds? And he said, they're black birds flying over the TV. Do you see them? And she said, no. And then when he was in the hospital, so he came out of the surgery, turned out he had brain cancer. He came out of the surgery and he barely knew anything. He barely knew his name. And um, he was in a rehab facility and they were trying to get him sentient enough for him to come home. And he got very mean. He was... Um, uh, you know, hitting the nurses and hitting the, the ambulance drivers. And he had made his roommate cry. And they asked me to come in and uh, talk to him because he was making people cry. And um, they don't want all their people crying, right? So first I had to literally put my arms around this man I didn't know who was crying because my father was so mean that he had made him cry. And then uh, keep in mind, my father didn't know who any of us were after the surgery. He didn't recognize me. He didn't recognize my mom. And I came and I told him, you're not allowed to make people cry anymore. And he said, who are you? And I said, I'm the person that's in charge of what happens to you. And I'm telling you, you're not allowed to make people cry. Now, this is a man who had spoken almost nothing but one or two words at a time since the surgery. And he said to me, you're the person in charge? And I said, yeah. And he said, let me ask you something. And I said, okay. Now, this is like, he's like totally sentient now, right? He said... There are these things and they're big and they're black and they have wings and they keep telling me I belong to them. 
but there are these other things and they're blue and they look like they would be hot if you touch them, but they're not. And they're like a blue white. And they're telling me that I don't have to listen to the black things and I can come with them if I want. So what the hell am I supposed to do? And I just kind of sat there like, uh, and I said, well, um, I guess, you know, you got to go where you got to go. And then he immediately went back to doing nothing but saying his name. Like he hadn't even, and then that night he died of a bladder infection that they didn't know he had. Wow. So I really think there, there is a definite force of light in the universe. There is a definite force of dark in the universe. Mm -hmm. And there are beings that decide to go one way or the other, or a lot of people just sit on the fence and go whichever way pleases them at the time. And I really think that he was trying to decide which way he was going to go. Hmm. And um, my mom would be very haunted by that for the four years she lived after that. Which way did he go? Did he <laughs> kill somebody? And we just don't know. But I don't know that I think that you need to murder somebody to have a definite force of negativity within you. I think yeah. sometimes the, the biggest way you can be dark is to just not do anything for anyone but yourself. You know what I mean? To me, that is, that's a lot of how you harbor darkness within you. You, you contribute nothing to the world. Very true. But this is somebody who did not believe in anything paranormal. And it was one paranormal thing after another. Once they had rushed him to the hospital because his blood pressure got too low. And he started saying that he was sitting in a cab in New York and it wasn't going anywhere. And he kept saying, what's a guy got to do to get where they're going? And then years later, I found out from a friend of mine who was studying to be a hospice nurse that there's a guy who's written a lot of books about hospice, a very famous guy about being a hospice nurse and opening hospice centers. And it's one of the main things when spirits are stuck between life and death, they feel mm -hmm. like they're in some mode of transportation and it's not moving. Mm. So just all kinds of wacky stuff like that. So for somebody who I grew up with this father who was a hardcore atheist, lapsed Catholic, there is no nothing. It's only about machines. He had more spooky stuff happen to him. My mom, literally, she told me she wanted me to send her home. I put her in palliative care. She was gone an hour. There was nothing, no drama. Her soul shot out of her solar plexus and she was done. <laughs> so maybe there's more struggle if you're not a believer. You know, it's just a thought. Right. Yeah, could be. Could be. So it kind of makes sense, you know, especially after witnessing your father and then your mother. The difference of uh, how one just kind of said, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go," and went peacefully, versus the other one who kept yeah. struggling back and forth. Yeah, yeah, struggling to find out where he was going to go when he died. Whereas my mom had everything all planned ahead of time, so it was just very smooth and easy. Right, right. So um, now I, I know you said that the the first house basically was very. Uh, active yeah and now you're living in uh, native land yeah yes <laughs> underwater below sea level below sea level okay. yes <laughs> so you have the conduit of the water yes i do right my whole backyard is a pool so there's more water than anybody could ever want in their life <laughs> and then you you're um native ground. Now, how does that work with the spirits there? Well, I feel them outside of the house all the time. Mm 
especially at night. Um, and I, I feel them. So I'm living in part of the house right now while I wait to get the rest of the house remodeled. And then I'm going to take the part I'm living in and move to the other part and remodel this part. Right. So I can feel, so the only parts that are really warded right now are the parts that I'm living in. And I can feel them around the periphery in the other rooms. Mm -hmm. And occasionally I see them out of the corners of my eyes here. Um, mm -hmm. I'll see something and I'll look and there'll be nothing there. Cullen, of course, sees everything. I'm like, oh, honey, why are you looking over there? Don't want to know that's there, honey. But yeah, he's he's you know, very, he's especially fascinated with the backyard. And I'm about to have security cameras put everywhere. And I, I know I have to put one in the backyard. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to know what's going on in that backyard. So I see a bunch of Native Americans wandering around back there. I, I might get freaked out. Because um, I do have, you know, I have paranormal survivor PTSD from right. growing up in that house. Right. Um, I, I ward with, um, let me see. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm in my office right now. I have one, two, three, four, five, six salt lamps in this room. And I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven selenite wands and a selenite tower. And I have two brooms <laughs> in here. So my whole house is salt lamps, selenite wands and brooms. And I tell people when I teach, I just taught at the Parapod convention a couple months ago. And I tell people, I'm serious. Selenite wands, salt lamps, and and brooms. And it does keep this stuff away. It does. It does. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking, okay, I should tell you, when you're about to do the other side of the house, yeah, I want to know because I want to get stocks on the selenite and the, uh, and the salt lamps. <laughs> right? I'm coming. I'm coming. Well, I'll tell you, they have beautiful, um, they have beautiful salt lamps at CVS at Christmas. This is a crazy story. <laughs> and the day after Christmas Day, they right. go on sale no. for half price. And New Year's Day, they go on sale for 75% off. So literally the first week of January, I think I went to 37 CVSs. You just hoarded all of them, didn't you? And I got 35 <laughs> salt lamps at 75% off. So I already had a handful of them. Right. And I just filled the house. And I have a, I have a, um, a hutch in the hallway where I have enough selenite, enough salt lamps and enough brooms to do the whole rest of the house. The selenite I still have to work on. <laughs> so I'm all set to do the whole house when it's ready. Cause you know, you never know when you're going to get a deal like that again. Yeah, no, no, no. You had, I do the same thing. You but it's, you know, this stuff works and people that tell me like, I'm having sleep paralysis. I'm having visitations. I'm like, why are you not sleeping with a selenite wand right next to your bed mm -hmm. or under your pillow or on your headboard mm -hmm. and a big old hunk of black tourmaline because mm -hmm. it helps. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have them all over my bedroom, actually all over the house too. And uh, it, because I have a house uh, from 1900. So as mm. you can imagine, yeah. You know, and I have um, springs, underground springs. So there's the water conduit section. So right. I get all kinds of things. And uh, I'm like, no, no. Mm -mm. And then I go right after Halloween and get all the, uh, Cinnamon brooms from uh, yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. from uh -huh. all all the places because you know uh -huh. it goes goes on sale then. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, all over the place, front of the back of the house. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. Yep, I keep threatening to mount one over the front door. I probably will after the remodel. I'll get a big one and put it over yeah. the front door. Yeah. yeah. And then so, uh, I've been doing are, the, the oh, little oh, circle, uh, the little disco balls with all the mirrors. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And all the windows. So, oh, okay. Good. Stay back. Perfect. Yeah. We're all ready to party. That's it. And it helps. No, uh, the ghosts are ready to party, not Glenda. It's the ghosts. Disco <laughs> right. ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way I look at it is if somebody sends something, yeah, it's reflected. And it reflects back to them. So yes, yes. And that's a uh, my wonderful. rose bushes, yeah, my rose bushes, I have to replace them because of that. So I figured before they get through, because you know every witch needs a rose bush. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that was a witch thing. And I have a giant rose bush at my city house. Yes. And it never occurred. I did not know that was a witch thing. I'll plant some here. Yeah, that, that's a witchy thing. It uh, The beauty of the flower gives the peace, and the thorns send us the stuff back. So oh, take the hit. Every rose has a thorn, baby. Every rose has I a thorn. I did not know that. I love that. Okay. I like Savila, though. Savila, how do you, aloe? Alo, alo, alo? alo, yes. Oh, yes. that I have a lot of yeah. here. Yes. Yeah. Aloe vera? Mm -hmm. Well, def it, it it helps absorb the negativity. That's something all yeah. Oh, um, my old place I had a lot just in yeah. yeah. It will absorb all the negativity, and um, that's also uh, lemon trees or lime trees if you can oh. if you have them. Or, yeah, yeah, those I would love just to have the lemons and limes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you are also a talk um, talk show host. Sure. So mm -hmm. About that. I've been in radio since uh, August of 1994. I, I took a radio gig kind of as an accident because I was doing a television show um, that became kind of popular. And then I got picked up to do a bigger version of it. And I was so excited. But then the Northridge earthquake happened and it destroyed mm -hmm. their studio and they canceled a bunch of their programming. They canceled all their new programming, went on hold, and they wound up never developing the channel because their whole studio was a $10 million studio had been destroyed in the Northridge earthquake. Um, in that time, a friend of mine was doing a radio show in the middle of the night on Sunday mornings and he wanted to get rid of it because he had a new girlfriend and she didn't like, they couldn't go away on the weekends. So he said, Hey, take it for a week. They'll probably fire you the next day, but Hey, you can say you did a radio show. And I was like, all right. So I did. And they called me the next day to fire me. And they said, uh, actually we, we, uh, we want to keep you and we're going to give you twice as much time. And I knew that first night that it was just what I did. And I have not stopped since then. So I was there for a few years. And then I worked on what was then the Howard Stern station before he went to Sirius. I did a shows for that station for seven years. Um, then I went to LA Talk Radio for um, uh, 12 years until COVID. And then I went to iHeartRadio. And that's where I am right now. I'm on Live Paranormal Network through iHeartRadio. Um, and, um, I don't know. I love it. I love, I love storytelling. I love people's stories. Mm -hmm. I love hearing about people. I'm endlessly fascinated by everything and everyone. Um, I love the medium of, of talking. I love people listening to conversation and learning something or it making them feel good or warm or I just, just love it. I probably will always do it. So I do two shows now. I'm developing a third for um, iHeartRadio and Live Paranormal. And um, we're moving to a newer platform 
um, where we actually tape the shows. We're moving to a newer platform next month that's owned by iHeart. And when we get there, then I'm going to add the third show. Um, and then I do a weekly talk show on Fridays for KGRA, which is on camera, um, where I interview folks. And it's kind of where my entertainment life, my spiritual life come together. That's called the Sheena Metal Experience. Um, the shows I do for iHeart are Raising the Vibration and uh, Haunted Playground. And then um, I'm developing a new paranormal show for Parapod Network. Mm -hmm. a podcast for them um, called Confessions of a Paranormal Survivor. And then uh, last month I got asked to develop a show for a wonderful new streaming network that's all over all the platforms and um, they're everything. It's movies, it's documentaries, it's music videos. It's They have a huge catalog that they're developing and, and they started in September of last year. They already have a million um, uh, internet, uh, a million exclusive su subscribers. Um, so I'm developing a show for them that's going to start the end of June, and it's called uh, Messages from Spirit. And basically, it's I'm actually going to bring like everyday people onto the show with me and read for them, which I've always wanted to do a show like that. So this one is enabling me to have the platform to do that, and I'm super excited about that. So, congratulations! Thank you. Yes. And uh, it sounds like you're keeping yourself very busy. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I just, things just keep coming. Yeah. I just keep, I just keep getting things coming and I, I just keep having more wonderful people come to me and ask me to do things. And I, I believe in the art of saying yes, you know, mm -hmm. I love to I'm collaborate with people. No. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just not there yet. I'm, I'm all about the saying yes. No, I, I love to say yes, because I look at it as an opportunity and to for, to give more healing to everyone. Uh, you know, we do these type of things so others can understand that they're not by themselves. Yes. Or that, you know, uh, other people had similar experiences, that it isn't that they're crazy, that it isn't that uh, they should be uh, locked away or anything like that. And it's um, very important. I agree. Right? Very important to to get the community to understand that we have all experienced things. It is now time to actually know that you're not alone. Yes. Yes. And, and people want, do you sleep? Do you do it? Yeah, I think, I mean, I see my friends. I sleep. Um, I have a, a very kind of a very thriving spiritual practice. I see a lot of clients. I don't know. There's a lot of hours in the day to fill, right? Why not fill them helping people? Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So um, what else do you, would you like to tell us? What else? What else would you like to know? I mean, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm loving the magic of living at the beach. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up here. I loved living here, but I moved to LA because there really wasn't an art scene here. And I was an actor and a writer. Um, so I moved up north to really pursue art, mm -hmm. but the world has changed and things have become virtual. And, you know, because of traffic, there's a, it takes a while to get to Los Angeles from here because of Southern California traffic. But now, especially since COVID, everything has become virtual. Mm -hmm. And even my, all my studios for my shows, even this new one, it's all going to be done virtually. Mm -hmm. So it's afforded me the opportunity to, be able to build a life down here and be close to the ocean 
Um, like I said, my best friend lives about 10 minutes away and I go to her house a lot for dinner or I have dinner with friends and I always make it. I always, at the end of every night, I always go to PCH and I drive home that way, Pacific Coast Highway. So every night I look at the ocean and mm -hmm. um, the ocean, we've always lived on the water. My dad was an amateur boat builder. And so we always lived near water, even in, in Chicago, we lived on Lake Michigan. And the water has always been very healing for me. And I'm loving the energy of being here in this place. Um, the track that I live in kind of butts up to a wildlife preserve. So there's a mm. lot of birds and, you know, the poor Cullen loses his mind. There's so many birds. <laughs> uh, he loves it. And there's a lot of activity, animal activity in the yard and all kinds of stuff. And I have owls and I have, I have a dove's nest right outside my door right now. And nice. I have... Uh, mallard ducks that swim in my pool every morning and um they bring their babies when the babies come mm -hmm. so it's just um it's peaceful here and i think that my whole life has been run 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 and service 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 and i love that but it's kind of nice to be in a place now where it's wound down a little bit and um really uh this town kind of comes to life with the sun and goes to bed with the sun I'm a night owl, so I do not do either, but I do like sort of the peacefulness of how quiet it is here at night. And I never thought I'd say that. I was a city girl through and through. But part of it is the world changed and part of it is I changed. And also I think when you're doing this work full-time reading for clients, which I've really only been doing this full-time for five years, um, it, um, you need that sort of respite to recharge. And I find that the ocean is a wonderful way to recharge. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, definitely. I, uh, I unfortunately am about two hours away from the beach right now, but if I could, uh, when I lived in New Jersey, I would just like my kid's father would pick up the kids because we were divorced on Friday night and I would take off whew, right to the beach. And sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I would just sit there and watch the sunset or watch because I'm myself in a night owl usually. Late, yeah, I am not too. Not so much. But, you know, I would, I'm definitely not a morning person. But yeah. I would definitely stay up all night and then just that. watch the same sunrise and then go have coffee, breakfast, whatever, then go home and take a nap and then start it all over again. But that was my. That's nice beautiful time there i could spend balance rejuvenate and just yeah. be at peace with myself and basically yeah. just be just melt in absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah and being here with all my mom's energy i'm sitting at her desk right now doing this um you know those that guide us in our lives guide us after they're gone and she's always guided me from about 45 minutes after she passed but being here in this place and her energy, and especially in this room, which was her office, it was like her mom cave, mm -hmm. um, where uh, she first discovered her psychic gifts, where she studied to become a hypnotherapist, where she realized that she was a witch and started practicing. All of that happened in this room. And so yeah. to be here in this room now and be using this room as my office for my work, um, that's a magic feeling, you know? I can't yeah. imagine doing it anywhere else now. Mm. Yeah, it's a special, real special bond. Yeah, it is for sure. It's it's nice. And that's kind of what I'm, 
And I'm just so excited about everything in my life. I'm excited about, I don't even know what to say past that. I'm excited about everything in my life. And this cat who you saw a little while ago, I mean, this guy is, he's my soulmate. I mean, I've had him since he was three days old. And, you know, when he was three days old, he was about like that big. He kind of crawled up and put himself right here over my heart and went to sleep. And he's kind of never stopped. You know, it's just kind of, he's still so attached to my heart. And it's so wonderful to do this work with him. So my last one, Molly, she died a couple of years ago. She was 18. She was a Scorpio. So she was super psychic, but, you know, hated everybody but me like Scorpios. <laughs> and um, she was very psychic. Like she would chime into readings and answer questions when people asked them. And it would get to the point where clients would say like, well, I want to hear what Molly thinks. And I'm like, uh, Molly's napping. Molly's in the cat box. Well, can I wait till she gets out? This one is different. This one's a healer. So I do live psychic broadcast three days a week where I just read for folks on social media. And he comes up and literally his energy heals people. And I think a lot of people come to the, the lives now just for him. So it's wonderful. I'm sorry. He's the star of the show. <laughs> he is so the star of the show. Um, and so it's so wonderful to watch him do his thing with people and to heal other people the way that he's healed me. And I'm kind of just loving. And I'm, I'm uh, when I went to Parapod, I went and spent the weekend up there um, and I took him with me. It was his first time in a motel. And he did great. And so we're going to do some things like that when I teach and then eventually figure out how to get him on an airplane. I think he'll be really good about flying because he's great about the car and just take him everywhere. So he can, he can bring his healing and I bring my healing and we kind of work together on our healing. So mm -hmm. um, that's the first time, I mean, I've always had animals and I love animals, but it's the first time I've ever had one that I wanted to bring places with me and incorporate into my spiritual work. And it's amazing. So I highly recommend that if anybody has an animal that's interested in getting involved in the work that they're doing. Right. Well, um, to that effect, I actually attune animals to Reiki. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, because a lot of people do have like service animals or animals that they take with them all the time. Right. So I attune them to the Reiki and then they could feel the difference when they are down, when the animal reacts to them and gives them extra healing. So sure. It, sure. It makes complete sense to me. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so this, uh, new, the newest, the newest, uh, right. Venture that you have, uh, -huh. uh, have you thought of how you're going to bring that into play or just, yeah, we're, I'm working with my producer on it now. I, I think basically it's going to be a little bit of a, I'm going to give a little bit of a spiritual talk at the beginning, mm -hmm. something that's on my mind in the world of spirituality or psychic stuff that's, I think, an interesting thing to share with somebody. Um, I have a nonprofit, which is called RaisingTheVibration.org, that I founded to carry on my mom's teachings after she passed in her honor. So it, I always talk a little bit about vibration raising. Um, as an interfaith minister, I talk a little, a lot about one human family and how basically we're all interfaith because it's what everybody believes. 
mixed together into one earth. So I'll talk a little bit about stuff like that. And then I'm basically going to line up folks to call, let them know they're going to be on camera and um, uh, just put something out there to my clients and my viewers saying, hey, who wants to be on the show and pick some folks every week and then let them come on and ask their question. And then I'll have a little bit of time, not just to answer the question, but also to kind of work through some stuff with them so that they hopefully get a little bit of healing out of it. I'm not a big fan of, look, I understand it's part of the business. I don't know how the two of you feel, but I'm not a big fan of the dog and pony show. Like I'll do it. I always like, I have a client. She, oh, I mean, she's been my client for like five years. And she always says to me, like, what did you see about what happened last night? And I'm like, look, I, I can play that game where I have to give you the answer for everything. But if you're really coming to me for healing, isn't it a better use of your time for you just to tell me what it is you want an answer to? So um, I, I'm not a big fan of just that, like, cold. Like, I can do it. I can do all the parlor tricks. But I don't think it makes for as interesting of a show as somebody comes to you with a question seeking help and healing. Mm -hmm. And then I can help get the answers, speak to the person they want to speak to or speak to spirit about them and then help them work through what they need and get a little bit of healing and everybody goes away a little bit healed. Mm, yes, that sounds the right, like the right way to do it, definitely. That interests me a, a lot because I think that people don't realize maybe that a, a lot of folks come to psychics not just to get questions answered, but really to get healing in their lives. And that as you're speaking with them on the phone, you're kind of low key sending healing to them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that's what uh, I always say when my read, uh, clients come for readings. Remember, I don't always tell you what you're looking for, but I do give you what your higher self tells me that you exactly. need. Exactly. Exactly. You can't always get what you want, but you almost always get what you need. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Rolling Stones never fail us. <laughs> yes. But that's very true, right? And right. it's, um, it's uh, a lot of times they ask the same questions over and over again that aren't really benefiting their healing. And I'll answer those questions, like, when is he coming back? I'll answer those questions. But sometimes you have to think it of, like, what, what can I change within myself to make that situation better, either to help to bring him back or to realize I don't really want him back by making the changes inside of me. Right. Perfect way of putting it. So I try to help people with that. We do get sometimes stubborn clients. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That or uh, I've had clients where, um, you know, I get to hear word of mouth. So then they try to put a block. I can still pass the block. It doesn't matter to me. But sure. my point with that is, you know, then they're like, oh, my gosh, okay, she knows. And I'm like, you do yourself a disservice because you're paying me for a service. Yes. So it's like, do you want me to know or are you trying to test me? Because we can do yes. that too if you want. That's fine. But, yes. you know, then, <laughs> and then when right. that happens. You're going to be disappointed because I was able to break that wall, which I do. Right. And then, you know, like, and then what? For what? Yeah. <laughs> like, but what a waste of your time. I mean, if yeah, you call yeah. me and you only have a certain amount of time for your reading and you're like, okay, I met five guys this week. Can you describe each one to me? Yeah. But isn't that sort of a waste of your time? <laughs> I mean, 
But some people just want to do the tricks, right? Because they're yeah. always testing you. No matter how long they've worked with you, they're still testing you. And I try to help my clients move past that mentality because I think putting up that wall, that block of, well, what can you, how can you show me? It's not all a bunch of crap. I think in life that carries over to your personality mm-hmm. and you find you're not getting a lot of things that you want in your life because you're not open. You're always putting that wall up. You're always trying to make spirit God prove to you why what they're doing is right, but they don't have to prove anything to you because they're higher power. <laughs> so it's so much better just to live open and let things come mm-hmm. than to play this constant distrust game. Yes, yes, definitely. Because then not only does it waste time, but it also puts a negative already on the, on, on the reading. Yes. Already right. with, yes. with negative. I agree. I agree. And I also think that um, talking about stubbornness, Sarah, the, the when is he coming back? When is she coming back? Question. I find sometimes with those folks that when I finally get to the place where I'm like, okay, so let's talk about you and how to make you happy and how to make you healthier. You actually energetically feel them start to resist you. Yeah. The, the, the pushback. Yeah. Cause they don't um, want to talk about them. They want to mm-hmm. talk about when he's coming back. But sometimes in order to smooth a relationship over or get people on their path again, especially with soulmates and twin flames, people with soul ties and soul karma, you know, you're part of that couple. You got to get yourself on that path too. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously you've, you've seen from proof that you acting this way and him acting that way is not making him come back. <laughs> so how about we try something a little bit different? Right. But, or like um, the couple readings, those I'm like, are you, sh- I'll do them, but I don't want to do them because there's always some truth that comes out. And I tell him, look, if we're going to do this, I'm just going to be real with you because I don't like to lie. If something comes up that he's doing something or you're doing something, this is what you paid for. You said you wanted a couple's reading. So just yes. be prepared for that. Yes. So. <laughs> Yes, but, I'm like, but but then you're like kind of like oh god this is going to cause a problem but they paid for the service oh well this is what you wanted <laughs> here it is yes yes so. exactly yes yeah a hundred percent yes it's a hundred percent true and they don't understand sometimes that you'll tap into a spirit for a timeline of when he might come back and then that timeline can shift well timeline shift right right spirit shifts and also sometimes people have free will. And they mm-hmm. decide not to honor that timeline and they shift it. Mm-hmm. So people that think that they're going to come to you and you're going to give them a concrete day and time, and that's going to be a hundred percent the day and time. Well, that's not how the universe works. And you know what I mean? And if, and if I could honestly do that, I would, I would get lottery numbers and go, to the, ho- go to the horse track <laughs> and yeah. get numbers. And I would just be a gazillionaire and just hug people for a living. There you go. There you go. I actually have uh, taken the uh, the thought of and the hard line of not doing couples because uh, the last couple I did do was Valentine's Day and they wanted a, a couple's reading and I was like, mm, this doesn't feel right. This just doesn't feel right. And I kept trying to push them aside about that and change their mind. I even offered you know, for the price, don't worry, just, I, but I have to do you separately. Well, uh, the guy was hoping to have a child by 
a year or two, she had gotten her tubes tied mm. and was fooling around. So mm. I'm like, eh, how do I say this? <laughs> there ain't no baby coming. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I was like, uh, yeah, no. After that, when I was like, no more. I, I don't care what it is. I there nobody's ready to really hear the truth. Yes. No, they're not. When you're doing a couple's reading, they're not. And I, that's why I do a disclaimer. I'm like, look, I'm going to say whatever comes out because I don't like to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to share a code. Right. You, right. you want to do it separately. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can get uncomfortable, Glenda, as you know. And I'm like, look, this is what it is. Oh, you're talking to somebody else? Oh, what? You wanted the truth? Here it is. Yeah. It's hard. Want- it's yeah, hard it to know how truthful to be. It's hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It's it's uh and the kind of things people want. They want their death date. They want to know when their mom's gonna die. They want to know when they're gonna. Sometimes they're not even with the guy yet. They already want to know the date they're gonna break up forever. <laughs> it's like why uh, one wanted me to get. Uh, I want the new girlfriend's social security number and address. It's like, why would I, why why would spirit give me that information so you can go and stalk someone? Why would, why, why would you get your mother's death date? If you know when your mother's going to die, you're going to treat her totally different. You know, why would you want your own death date? I don't want my death date. No, Mm -mm. that's okay. I prefer just not knowing, living my life fullest each and every day. Exactly. and and that's it. There's no need. 100%. I know when I have been given the gift of knowing when people are going to die. So if I see somebody within their six months prior to the death, I already know. But I actually don't give them that because that taints their their life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that because we've been talking about working on some stuff together, I guess that means I'm not dying in six months. So no, that's, that's a really <laughs> no, you're not dying in six months. But it's not going to start anything with anybody who's on their way out. So <laughs> that's a, that's a good, well, that's maybe good. maybe I'll just you know it's good news. <laughs> you didn't say hurry up. We got to do it quick. That's always a plus. <laughs> It's gotta be before the now and the end of the year. Come on, come on. <laughs> We're only got to the now end of the year. <laughs> no. That's fantastic. I, I, you know, I determined a long time ago that that was a gift yeah. for me to get them on the right track as fast as I could, or at least show them the track that they need to be in as fast as yeah. I could. Yeah. But not to, not being too open about it and give them that date because that that could be either way. If somebody tells me my date of death, I will be like, okay, let's do everything on my bucket list because I don't care how much I spend, what I spend, whatever, and just do it. But other people may have a problem with it. Yeah. You know, and then go into deep depression and that will bring their death even sooner. It's true. That's very true. Yeah. Just yeah, I don't want that gift. I don't want to know when people are going. I don't want to know. I I don't I don't want to know because I don't want to even I don't want to ask because I don't want to like even have the information and then say I won't give it to you. I just won't have it. I don't want to. No, I I can't blame you. 
I knew when my father was going to die. I knew when my mother was going to die. And uh, my brother one time said, oh, I wish I had that gift. And I'm like, you have no idea. No. The burden that that is. Not, it's, no. it's a gift. Yes. It's a gift because it was given to me. But mm, brings a lot of other stuff with it. Yeah. Okay. That's no, I I know what gifts I don't want, and that's definitely that's definitely one. I don't want to be a trans medium. Has anybody ever asked you if you'll do that? We some guy wanted me to be a trans medium and take his dog spirits inside of me, and like bark. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want. I don't let. I love spirits. I love to talk to spirits. I do not want spirits inside no. of me. I'm not allowing your dog's soul to penetrate mine. I'm not going to pee on your carpet or bark <laughs> or, or sniff your butt or yes, any of Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to manifest your cat and ask for a whiskers temptation. Like I'm seriously, seriously not doing it. But um, why would you want me to? Why can't I just talk to your babies? Why do they have to be inside of me? He's like, Oh, I've heard that the, all the good mediums are trans mediums. And I'm like, no, it takes a certain kind of person to be a trans medium. And I'm such an empath that if I let a spirit inside of me, I would never be able to forget about that. Like once I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> well, you know? I am a trans medium. Okay. Good. I, I, I admire you, but I can't. No, I, it's not something for the weak. No, because you and have also, to, you have to set the boundaries for spirit and you got to give them even a time limit. Because they gotta, you gotta make sure you gotta get them out. Ah, your time is up. Get out! I don't want you to. to you well, I have a client, and he, he would love for you to manifest the dogs. So if no, you thank would you. like, <laughs> if you would like to have some poodles come on through, I know somebody who wants that. I admire you. I admire. I just, I don't. It's like, I don't want to live in a haunted house. I know people that are like, I grew up in a haunted house and I want to live in a haunted house with all these spirits. And I have this crazy friend. I love her. So I say crazy affectionately. She <laughs> did so much ghost box in her house that her house became like the bar from Star Wars. Like there were so many spirits in there. She couldn't sleep. The animals were dying. And I'm like, stop doing the spirit box in your house. So when she moved, I'm like, please. Never again. Not this house. And luckily she doesn't. But um, I, so that's another thing I don't do. I don't do spirit board, ghost box, yeah. pendulum inside of my house, the divining rods in my house. Right. I have all that stuff in the trunk of my car in a bag and I will come to your house and do it, but I'm not doing it in my house. Cause it's just, it's another thing. I have to have a like peace, right? some kind of peace. Cause there's right. so much going on in here and in here. Anyhow, I, mm -hmm. I need peace. Mm -hmm. Grab um, it. Grab it. <laughs> but did you guys do that? Do you do Ouija board in your homes? I don't do Ouija boards. I okay. cannot stand Ouija boards. I, I take everybody's Ouija boards. And if I could, I would burn them and bury them. <laughs> but um, because, you know, even when you're a teenager, everybody gets into, oh, let's see what it is. And right. they open that portal. They don't know how to close it. And it isn't always Auntie M or Grandma D who comes through that. And uh, that creates a whole other 
mess and problem but yeah i don't work with ouija boards it's usually I, a I, super creeper i always say playing the ouija board <laughs> is like taking off all your clothes and going into a bar at 2 a.m and saying who wants to have sex with me like <laughs> you're gonna get takers but who are you really going to get as the takers right so when you <laughs> open up the board and say does anybody want to talk to me oh yeah. my god every celestial freak from here to jupiter is going to show up but are those really who you want to talk to sarah what about you what do you think about this uh well i love divination work i practice all types of, of divination work um the only problem i have with the ouija board is people don't properly use them so it also gives yes. me that so yes. here's the thing if you're going to use them to me that's fine Each his own i use the ouija board but a lot of the times when something bad happens because of the because of the Ouija board is because you're not using it properly. You're not supposed to use it alone. You're not supposed to keep your hands up the front head. You're supposed to say goodbye. Some people leave it open. Mm -hmm. You have to be precise of who you're asking to come in. Not yeah. just anybody or anything like you guys were saying. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it. Like I said, I like doing different forms of divination. It's fine with me. My only problem with it now is my dog because i have my dog now and i just don't want to have things open for him because i have to go sometimes and he goes to the store and he goes this or that and i'm scared of leaving him alone and if something bothers him so with the haunted dolls i have too and we talked about that on your show that i just did with you yeah mm -hmm. there's one in particular that he's really scared of so i'm thinking about getting rid of that one just because of him you know right. um my sons they're used to all this crazy wacky stuff they know what's up so, you know, they have experiences, they come to be like, oh my God, I'm like, all right, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll work on it, we'll do something. But the dog can't tell me anything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm, I mean, he'll bark at it, but you know, I'm concerned for my dog. But yes, do I use divinations? Absolutely. Yeah. But again, you have to know how to use them properly. That's exactly. Well, yes. And I, I, I love them, I love using them. I just yeah. don't want to do them in my own home. I'm. Yeah. And even the paranormal stuff, I'm all about ovulus and the ghost box and everything, just not in my house. And one time, because I collect pendulums, and one time I, um, I got my first pendulum at Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville. My mom grew up in Louisville, interestingly enough. And um, I had just gotten this pendulum, and I, I was just, I started holding it to look at how beautiful it was, and it started spinning. And all of a sudden, it started telling me that it was my mom, which was weird because my mom and I are in contact all the time. Like, I don't need a pendulum. Right. She's like constantly over my right shoulder, like blah, 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 all the time. I don't. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it started saying things and it was spinning. It started spinning really fast. And about five seconds in, I'm like, you are, this is not my mom. And I shut the thing down and I'm like, not in my house. Right. Not, mm -hmm. not in my house. I just, I can't. So I love them. Mm -hmm. And I have them and I have like, I just got for my birthday, this really cool, like, it's like a holder for them. It's like a, like where you can, you can display them. Right. It almost looks like that ride. When we were kids at the carnival that had the swings. It looks like that. And I love it. I love this. So I can't wait to bring them all down to the other house and display them all. But right. I don't open anything up. I don't open up a hole in the veil and start trying to use them in my house. Right. Because I don't want any scragglers here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've spent my whole life trying to get away from living in a haunted house. And so mm -hmm. we don't need that here. And I don't, and I was telling you earlier, Sarah, when you did my show, I don't, I don't want Cullen exposed to it. Right. He's an innocent and I don't, I don't want spirits coming here and messing with him. And that, that's it. You know, I have uh, two dogs, 
four cats and they the one cat she can see everything mm. and she actually starts going yeah mm -hmm. and i'm like oh okay we have an unwanted visitor okay thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> and i get rid thank of you. that <laughs> yep yep and i don't you know we don't have to bother with anything else uh no this is why basically i started this center because i wanted to get also not have the clients in my house yeah get them That's out of my house do. i don't want clients in my house yeah um, i would i think the energy anyone can have good or bad energy and to bring that into your house plus i don't want random people to know where i live oh, I yeah you know my mother my 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 little dog so i don't i mean want clients in my home i'd rather go or do like videos or phone mm -hmm. like you said with the whole rona thing happened it really opened everything up for being virtual and right. that's how yeah. it's that's how it's going to stay a lot of things are going to be especially now till next year well 2024 upward the ai is going to be crazy so there's yeah. going to be a lot of things that are going to be technology based virtually based more school besides the homeschooling thing that we have, but like that and more jobs and stuff being from home. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're almost at the end already. This went fast. Went, flew fast. I'll have to do it again. It was so yeah. much fun being with you. Definitely. So is there anything you want to say these yes. last few minutes? I just want people to try to stay in a positive place. Remember when you raise your own vibration, you raise the vibration of others around you. And then that in turn raises the vibration of the everything. And it all kind of starts with you, like the three of us right now, right? Mm -hmm. We're all lifting each other's vibrations yeah. as we, we're just sitting here talking. Right. But as we do that, we're unconsciously raising each other's vibrations. And that's what you should be doing every day, whether you're at work or you're on a date with your person or you're with friends or you're with your kids or you're having alone time with your animal companions, you know, animals just automatically do that. And we should be doing that too. We should always be thinking of how can I bring more joy to something? How can I bring more love to something? How can I make the world a better place? How can I be more in service? How can I turn a negative into a positive? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what can I do for me to lift myself up? I mean, we all should be thinking about this all the time because it's really easy to get trapped in the what didn't happen for me or what I'm not happy with or how, what makes me feel sad or what makes me angry and kind of stay in those places. And it's so important that we we replace the negativity with positivity because the two of them cannot live in the same place. It's so that we are constantly lifting ourselves up and lifting other people up. I think that's so important. It's kind of the base of all my work. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So there you go, guys. We love you. We're sending a lot of blessings there to everyone. Sarah, as always, gorgeous. And of course, Sheena, you look fantastic. You're glowing today. Thank you. you. Are glowing. Thank you, sweetie. All right. Love you all. See you next. <laughs>